All right, welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll post-game show. The Lakers win. They win three in a row um, for the first time this season. They look like they're starting to pick it back up now. They're starting to find a rhythm. Darvin Ham is starting to find lineups that work. We're getting reinforcements back. We're getting players back. Um, didn't get LeBron James back tonight. Sat another game uh, to heal that, that groin injury, but um, three in a row and before, you know, getting into the basketball and, the, you know, breaking down kind of what happened and, and the brilliance of Anthony Davis, um, just shout out, you know, Darvin Ham, shout out the leadership on this team, uh, keeping the morale up, keeping the morale at a place where um, they can, they can you know, blow teams out like this. You know, when you have two separate five-game losing streaks this early, it, it's very easy for a team that's already very fragile, right, because it's new. Um, it's a, a team with a lot of new players on it. Just there's a lot of a fragility on it and you know to be able to come back and these are teams you're supposed to beat um but i'm sure they feel the same way we're a, what came into this game uh four and ten uh you know the other team looks at the looks at the other hall too and they look on that side and feel like they can get a win on us as well so um you know these aren't great teams uh that we beat the pistons you know um and then obviously that brooklyn nets team and then obviously tonight beating the spurs these aren't amazing wins but these are you know uh, these are wins against bad teams that good teams do beat. They do destroy and uh, make sure that, you know, it's not close. And this game never really felt close to me from the opening jump. Anthony Davis put his imprint on it. Uh, the team kind of dominated on both ends. The Spurs showed why they're on this losing streak. And uh, before we start here, so I was looking from, uh, shout out uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Merchant. Uh, she sh she got this information for me from uh, Basketball Reference. The, la the Lakers' largest lead uh, last season <laughs> was actually against um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they were uh, actually up 22 in that game. 22 points was the largest lead, which almost seems fake. Um, you can kind of have a really bad basketball team and still, you know, still have a uh, still have a large lead. Just how the NBA works. Sometimes shots go in, sometimes they don't. Other de other team is cold, but 22 points was our largest lead uh, last season in a game we actually lost. Um, I know these are dark memories, but we lost the Oklahoma City Thunder in that. So tonight, I'm not really sure what the largest lead was. I know it was above 30. I think it was like 32 or maybe it was 33 or something like that. But um, yeah, largest lead last season was 22 to the Oklahoma City Thunder in a game that we eventually lost. So this was, you know, the largest lead in a, in a, in a full season. Uh, the team, you know, really came through and dominated. Um, but I think, you know, it would be, a, a, it'd be wrong to start anywhere other than Anthony Davis. Um, dominated both ends, 18 and six in the first quarter, took away the rim on every single play. I mean, any play that he was in there, and he only played 27 minutes, uh, finished with 30 and 18 um, in those minutes, um, 30 and 18 in those minutes, but uh, really just took away uh, took away the rim on, on any San Antonio drive, really. And this is kind of the stuff I think we were waiting for. And, you know, even the numbers don't really tell the story to me about his mobility. Uh, and that's my first kind of note here. I think, you know, this is the best he's looked moving. He had like a play where he had like a triple jump and, you know, stuff like that. It's just stuff that even with him playing well, it's just stuff we weren't seeing. There was a lot of plays where like he'd get hit in the back and then kind of feel that look like there was a knife in his back running up the floor. Right. Just, you know, different stuff like that. And uh, I thought, you know, we didn't see any of that tonight I thought you know him moving across the floor uh, he was a takeaway he was taking away lobs you know in that drop coverage he was switching out um, he was dominating the boards again again I think he finished with 18 boards 
free offensive rebounds, just patrolling uh, the paint in the only way um, that he can. Again, no no LeBron tonight. So he's really taken over last three games, I think averaging over 30 uh, in, in all those games, just has really come through. And um, the offense is still, you know, his jumper is, I don't think, ever going to fully back. Uh, but, you know, there was a bunch of plays where, like, he hit his mid-range jumpers on you know, a few of them. He's putting the three-point shot back into his game a little bit. And these are just stuff that I think is important. I think just for him to, number one, just feel the basketball to where he's not so relying on someone else to get it to him uh, every single time. And there was a play today where he, you know, he got the rebound and uh, there was no one really to outlet to. And so he just pushed it up the floor, got to the paint, turnaround jumper. He thought he was fouled. And I don't even care that he missed it. I think he airballed it. But just, you know, stuff like that is really, that's Anthony freaking Davis. That's the New Orleans Pelicans superstar. That's the guy that was here in 2019-2020. Like, that's the offensive kind of monster. And then you combine that uh, with just the defensive brilliance. You combine the smarts with the physical tools. And uh, he dominated the San Antonio, uh, the San Antonio Spurs roster. And um, his elevation into like this, this player, like this is obviously even a step up. I think the player we were seeing, the all defensive world and guy who, you know, goes and kind of gets missing in second halves and we can blame, you know, defensive coverages and stuff like that. But this guy is a top 10, maybe higher type of guy. And it changes your whole perception, I think, of this season. Him, you know, along with the team, looking somewhat competent, right? I think having some competency showing. Um, again, you're beating teams that you're supposed to beat, and that's totally fair criticism. But again, when you're a bad team, there are no bad teams, if that makes sense. Like there is no easy wins for a four and ten or five and ten or four and ten team now, or five and ten team. Like there's no easy win. So him kind of elevating um, into this, I think is really important. I think we're starting to see lineups as well that really cater to making the game easier for him as well. And I think the ascension of winning Gabriel and the return of Thomas Bryant as well have, have really kind of are allowed, allowing him to stay fresh. Um, he's allowed to play some more power forward as well. They're playing him next to those guys and uh, he just looks rejuvenated. And this is the best to me AD has looked in two years. Uh, I know he played, I think 40 games last year, I never thought he looked this mobile. Uh, he looked like he was aching up the floor a lot of the times. And uh, not saying he looked old, but he looked slow, right? He looked heavy um, in a lot of plays. And I, I didn't get that at all from tonight. And I think that's just a huge uh, flip that really changes the perception. And I believe the aggression and the emergency and the urgency that, you know, this season should really be taken as. If Anthony Davis is still this good, if he's still this capable, if he's the 29-year-old uh, mega superstar that you know he was traded for um, but that changed your perception of this team uh, along the defense I think is always going to be there but I think the offensive aggression um, again 19 shots tonight in 27 minutes I mean there were games where he'd shoot you know 11 times in the first quarter and then finished with like 15 and again the Spurs aren't in a lockdown defense they were missing Jakob Pertl tonight who's their rim protector uh, but honestly I think you could have put anywhere out anyone out there tonight and they weren't uh, they weren't containing Anthony Davis because you don't contain a healthy, mobile guy who can move all around the floor. Anthony Davis, that just doesn't that's, that just doesn't happen. I don't care who the other center on the floor is, uh, whether that's Joel Embiid, whether that's Jakob Pertl, whoever. You don't contain an, a healthy Anthony Davis. So I think his kind of ascension into that uh, really changes the perception, I think, of this team. And, you know, the, they're running the floor. I think his mix with, like, Lonnie Walker as well has been – 
really fun. We closed the, you know, we closed the last game out with Lonnie Walker, 80 pick and rolls. And again, when these guys stay healthy, they can start to get rhythm with the roster, right? And I think that was something we missed last year as well. Uh, just to put it in perspective, I don't think LeBron and AD played more than three games together for a lot of the time last year. Forgot what the exact number was, but you know, you get AD playing uh, these games and now he can build rhythm with like a Lonnie Walker in the pick and roll and they can kind of time their, you know, pick and roll passing together. You can see Austin and AD as well, um, kind of getting their lobs correct. And Austin, I think threw like three lobs to AD tonight and that's stuff that he just now is starting. They're starting to get a really rhythm, uh, real rhythm together, just because of you know their play. They played together last year, and you can see the kind of rhythm create get created there. And uh, I think he's been just. You can't ask for more. I mean, this is kind of uh, what we need. Hopefully, LeBron comes back and steps right into that. But uh, I think Anthony Davis has just you know been incredible these last few games, and uh, there's not really much more to say. If this is the guy we have, let's put some. Let's put some real pieces around it, and I think the team is starting to starting to figure that out. Um, and then uh, next look, on my list, I think you know Austin Reeves just absolutely blossoming into uh, just an a legit offensive option. I think it was a fun, cute story, at least nationally for a long time. I think a lot of Laker fans were screaming that this was a more legit player than people have seen. I think it's going to catch on pretty soon as well. Was averaging 17 going into tonight. Going into tonight, at 17 at halftime, finishes with 21. Somebody obviously got into his ear and told him, uh, "There's a there's an aggressiveness needed." And whether that's because LeBron's out or not, um, I think you know he's just one of our better playmakers in total. He's one of our better on-ball players already, and his ability to run ball screens, I think, is just a really important kind of even secondary ball screen offenses. I think it's just extremely important on this roster. And he's, he's a legit shooter. Now he's taking threes off the dribble. He's not. So he used to like pump fake and pass out when no one was really running at him. There was a lot of plays like that. And now it's just, I'm firing. If you're not in a full closeout at me, uh, I'm firing this up. Um, And I think he's shooting like 50% from three in the last few games was three for four from downtown could have easily taken up, taken a bunch more. Again, he's getting to the line as well as not just driving to get contact, but to initiate the contact. And I think that's a, that's a really, that's a really important distinction. uh, Something that he obviously just could not do last year. Number one, because of his body and physicality. And two, I think just the confidence to be able to get to the rim and understand like I can finish or I can get, if I get contact, I'm still going to have a shot um, at the rim. And I think, you know, he's, uh, his confidence level is rising um, in a linear kind of graph here. It's rising every single game. You could tell. Uh, I think he had like five shots within the first quarter. And uh, someone has obviously got to him. And whoever did that, thank you. But uh, uh, I'm not sure who exactly. But he's he's really just emerged as a legit offensive option. And, and I've been pulling for this for a while. But I think it's time to just start. It's time to start him over Patrick Beverly, who, again, just – I think I think the effort is there. I think the you know, I but it's just not productive. Um, the activity is not productivity, and we're in a place where we need productivity on this team. And as good as Patrick Beverly, and as hard as he plays, and I think he fronts the post well. I think he does understand the defensive principles that Darvin Ham is trying to implement. I just think he's just not productive enough. Uh, he hit a few threes. I think when the game was already out of reach, but. He missed his first two wide open ones. That put him six for 30 on catch and shoot threes to start this season. 
and that's just like that's not uh, that's just not a sustainable offensive option when you have to be one of the guys that can shoot. Um, and I think his just his decision making and stuff like that is just too too slow. So not too slow, but it's just not what the team or the starting lineup needs. And I think Austin should stay in there when he comes. But he's been just a a blessing. I think I hope this is kind of a lesson too to the front office or whoever's making these decisions. When you have these players that you know show signs of being good in their first season, uh, you know they're they're worth an investment. And I think Austin has shown kind of what that investment looks like, right? He was in their facility all summer that it was reported. He stayed and worked with the staff and, you know, uh, stayed in LA for a lot of, the, a lot of the months. And you see that work, you see the fruits of that labor. Um, you see his ability to get to the basket. You see his strength. Obviously the strength and conditioning has been, has been great for him. You see the confidence of like being around in the organization. I think that's just stuff this, you know, team has been missing and it's, uh, it's great to see it uh, all kind of work out. And, you know, seen also people point out shout out mark garcia has pointed out that austin reeves was like a point guard in college and you see like that stuff start to shine as well as the confidence grows and darwin ham has really opened that up for him and i'm hoping that continues it's important i think he's leading our team as well in plus minus the last few games uh anthony davis was a plus 34 tonight but um the last three austin was was at the top of that list so 21 for him again averaging 17 coming into the tonight um i don't think these are fake points either these aren't just give, just getting baskets in crunch time or garbage time or uh, when the defense doesn't care. That's not what these baskets are. These are legit. Um, the ball swings to me and I have an advantage or I can create the advantage or um, or and I'm confident in my skill set. And these are like legit baskets that are really important and have, have really helped the Lakers win three in a row um, with him starting uh, starting in that spot. And uh, he's been he's been really fun and I hope his I hope his ability to run ball screens and be a secondary playmaker and all that stuff stays when LeBron gets back. I think, you know, LeBron kind of empowers players in that way as well. And you could see him on the bench talking to Austin on, on all these timeouts and stuff. And again, just an investment. And I think, you know, uh, we're trying to see that investment really play out uh, for Austin Reese and the whole team, honestly. And I think Lonnie Walker, you're seeing the, the kind of fruits of that as well. We saw him struggle a little bit shooting, but uh, they obviously told him to continue and he's really picked it up in that end. So, I think both those guys just extremely important. I think they should be in pen in starters uh, when they, when uh, LeBron, even when LeBron comes back. Um, and then, you know, finally, I think, so Thomas Bryant, and Dennis Schroeder returned last game and I think they were really getting the rust off, but uh, an important, I think, note for me in this, Thomas Bryant and Dennis, uh, and Dennis Schroeder are a lot of things. They have a lot of deficiencies in their games, but they aren't fringe NBA players. And I think that makes a world of difference in a rotation. Uh, you're putting both of them in right into this rotation. And I think you really see that they're not on the fringe of being in the league. Um, I think if they are, it's not because of their talent, right? It's, it's either injury for Thomas Bryant or attitude and uh, acceptance of role for Dennis Schroeder, right? It's not their ability to play on the basketball court. And I think that's an extremely important kind of distinction of what we've kind of been seeing. I think the Matt Ryan story was fun. Uh, I think I think he could be in the league one day. I still think he's a really fringe NBA player. I feel the same about about Kendrick Nunn right now, honestly, with with his game. I think he shot better when we were up 30. Um, I'm not really taking much from that. But, yeah, I think those are two still just very fringe NBA guys, and I don't think Dennis Schroeder or Thomas Bryant fit that bill. I think they're both absolutely going to be in the league, and we're seeing the major difference tonight. Thomas Bryant came in 
Um, and sorry, but I think Damian Jones also is on the fringe as well uh, of being in the NBA. And those are guys who are, who are mainstays in our rotation, honestly, the first few games. Go watch the second quarter, and all those guys would be in or in the rotation or uh, a part of it. So, But Thomas Bryant comes in, and there's a, there's a mix of being able to run the floor and also, like, understanding just how to play. Like, he, he just understands how to, like, read a defense. Had a bunch of, like, poster dunks tonight in, like, where he would come to set the screen and he has a good, he has a red, he already has a really nice chemistry with Russ. And I know they played, I believe they played together in Washington, but he just has like a understanding of like, okay, I'm gonna come to set the screen. This guy is already cheating. He's trying to switch. So he slips it and gets a dunk or, okay, they're, um, they're icing this ball screen. So let me go into the short roll. Right. And then let me, let me roll right here to the free throw line. And then now I can, uh, use my skills to, you know, have one dribble floater in the lane. Like that's stuff that he just does that like, that's just not in Damian Jones's repertoire. At least it hasn't been this season, and that's just really nice to see. And I think, you know, I think he was like six for six to start tonight. Uh, let me see if I can. No, he's five for five. Yeah, so did not miss a shot in 23 minutes. Uh, a plus 15 um, was five for eight from the line. So even more shot attempts than he even got credit for. It's just been really great, and he's an energizer as well. He's a uh, just a just a try hard if that makes sense not in the negative connotation but like he just plays really hard he screams after dunks um kind of reminded me of like Dwight Howard in the title year where you know just comes in and starts running and screaming and and all in positive ways right all in ways that like really just inject uh, a a bunch of like enthusiasm uh on the team so I think that's been just really fun to kind of see his uh his him get the rust off I think the last game and just I think he's a talented, skilled big man who would not be on a minimum if it wasn't for the injuries. I think he was having a real uh, linear ascension in Washington, and that's um, and I'm hopeful that that's kind of the player we're getting. And again, this is against the Spurs. I totally get that they're not a really good team, but you know when you're four and ten coming in, you're kind of playing yourself every night, right? When you're this bad a team, you're just trying to not do things that, especially when you have the I think talent level at least from a LeBron AD, whatever, like you're playing yourself. You're trying to just not do dumb things to take yourself out of games immediately or, you know, play players that are so below the talent bar of the league to kind of keep yourself in that. And I think Thomas Bryant um, fits that bill. I think Dennis Schroeder does as well. Uh, Dennis has not shot well. Uh, but again, I think a guy just understands like, hey, uh, I'm Darvin Ham wants me to go over the top of this screen. I'm going to go over the top and chase. I'm going to put enough back pressure to bother the guard and then I'm going to uh, just do my job I think that's just like again just he's not a fringe NBA guy he's been in the league a long time he's a, he's been a part of a top defense he's been a part of you know uh successful teams like I just like I think his uh his offense has has obviously fluctuated but I think the defense that he's given he's picking up full court if you watch him come in like that's something obviously they told him to kind of focus on but uh I think you know he's again just comes in and you see the difference between like when Kendrick Nunn or Dennis Schroeder run a ball screen and not to again harp on Kendrick Nunn. It's just, I think like Nunn has really struggled and he's trying to like find himself. Dennis comes in, just no pressure, uh, runs a, you know, runs the offense. Nothing looks very forced to me. Uh, you see the craft there. And uh, I think he's just a really nice addition to the team. And I think he was built kind of as an important guard. I think, you know, in the off season, they talked about him as one of the lead guards. And I, I'm not sure if that, that position is still open uh, for him, but I think, you know, he's, he's really helped. And I think Patrick Beverly's minutes continue to just go down again. He played 19 minutes tonight. It was a blowout win, but still, I think, you know, you're, you're throwing more, another guard in this rotation. Um, again, LeBron comes back. He's going to play a 
quote unquote guard position in terms of like the the offense that he's going to take. So I'm interested to see how they do that. But I think these guys have just helped. You throw more just non-fringe NBA guys into the rotation and you have a better chance of of playing well and having lineups that make sense and, you know, are able to be a little bit more uh, in tandem uh, together. Um, and I think, you know, the last thing on those two, I think, you know, Wenyan has also uh, usually like guys separate themselves from the pack. And, you know, Wenyan was seen as just a roster you know, uh, like he would be cut from the roster pretty soon to kind of open up a roster spot. And I think that was the idea for a lot of people. Uh, but he's outplayed that most definitely. And uh, I think he's a legit, talented backup big. I don't think this is a cute story anymore either. Uh, Wenyan is playing legit minutes um, every single night and they need it. Uh, I think the Wenyan thomas Bryant, you know, combination is just, uh, we're so lacking in like just athletic dudes. And I think, especially when you're so guard and small, uh, guard heavy and small like just having big dudes that run the floor and also like play hard and do their role both Thomas Bryan and Wendy Gabriel are box out dudes um, which is really nice and they play in a combination together and they also fit Russell Westbrook's kind of uh, ethos as well they just run super hard and you see I think Russ has the most lobs to those two I haven't looked at the numbers tonight but I think like both of them kind of they run the floor and they can finish and they don't need the pass to be perfect um so they can like Russ can kind of throw it in their vicinity uh wherever that is and both of those dudes can run and jump at a super high level and I think they've played well and they're and you don't lose the speed matchup with either of them on the floor too many times either uh they can kind of move their feet they can get in a defensive stance they're not going to be great switchable guys I think Wenyan is a little bit better at that because he has a little bit more bulk to him but uh both of them have been just uh really fun and I think this team's starting to warp into uh kind of what their real rotation is I could tell we're trying to get some guys going and stuff like that. But uh, so I was hoping LeBron played tonight so we get a real rotation before playing Phoenix on Tuesday. But I think the team's starting to kind of blossom into what it's supposed to be. And I don't think they're a, they're supposed to be a good team, but they're not supposed to be the worst team in the league. They're not supposed to be with where the Houston Rockets are or um, where this Spurs team is, right? We're not supposed to be in the same tier as this Spurs team. And you could see that. I mean, I think there's a, Legit difference. Now the Spurs didn't play well. Their best, their best player, I believe, Kelvin Johnson, was four for twenty. Um, I think that was a mix of our defense and him just absolutely being cold. I think Devin Vassell is a really nice player. Again, Jakob Pertl was out, but we're not. We should not be on the same wavelength as the team that you know we played tonight. And that's kind of what we've been winning, winning as we were in two five-game losing streaks to start the season. Um, I think there was a lot of pieces coming in and out. So I'm hoping this is kind of. Uh, the jump into that again these are bad teams we played this same team I believe uh, a couple more times uh, in the coming weeks so that's a place to kind of catch up on wins and uh, hopefully you know get a win and uh, I guess the last thing I think Russell Westbrook off the bench just continues to be um, I think it's been helpful I think he pushes the pace I think Darvin Ham credit to him uh, watching last season I really could not picture where a Russell Westbrook kind of lineup would fit and I think Darvin Ham has really kind of found the uh the kind of blend that works for him uh just put dudes who run the floor hard we've been doing something that's interesting we've been uh putting you know Russ in for Troy Brown early in the first quarter I think because JTA is out and we really, really don't have any wings LeBron's out as well who's a wing quote-unquote for us but uh, we take Troy Brown out early in the first quarter and then have him get to run with Russ uh in that second unit so that second unit has a wing right so we're not running these four guard lineups didn't see 
the real four guard lineup tonight where Austin Ruiz was at power forward. Troy Brown's not a super wing, but he's he's a league average enough kind of wing in terms of like he's not gonna make a million mistakes. Teams can power through him, but you know, he'll do his role. And I think that's what you need where Russell Westbrook has the ball uh majority of the time on this on those second units. And you just have a guy who just does his role, runs the floor hard. And so we've been putting Russ in for Troy Brown. And I think, you know, it's worked so far. I think T B and Wendy also fit that bill we'll see when we play better teams but i think russ has kind of fit as well into this bench role 21 minutes tonight again and in a game where we you know blew the opposition out but i think that's his minutes have kind of lowered to that kind of place as well um and i think darvin ham has found that that sweet spot for him um and yeah so the lakers play the phoenix suns next on tuesday they win their third game in a row uh, it's been nice doing these after wins. Uh, but this has been fun. This has been the Silver Screen Roll post game show. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll post game feed, and we'll see you after Tuesday.